0: Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how's everybody doing out there in crowdfunding land? You guys doing all right? I hope you guys have had a great weekend of uh, raising your funds you need for your projects and uh, hopefully you guys are doing your backer updates and you're setting answering all the comments that are coming in um, you're doing your Facebook ads you're you're over maybe maybe you're over on reddit in a heated debate on a forum about why your product is so cool so hopefully all that stuff is going on for you so yeah thanks you guys for joining us so if you guys don't know what successfully Funded is, this is a podcast where i like to talk to project creators while they are in the middle of a campaign or a campaign has just ended that way we are getting conversations that are as raw and fresh as possible um so that you know also what a project creator is going through. So you know if you can hear it in their voice, the stress they're under. Uh, hopefully that can set you up for success when you go into your your campaign. So with that said, who is on today's episode? That's a great question, Jeff. Thanks for asking it. So today we are going to be talking to Yarvi Garner. Uh, we're going to be yeah we're going to be going all the way over to Israel to sit down and have a chat with him about Kado, K A D O. Uh, and that is the world's thinnest wall charger, and this is uh, this is a great great conversation because this the the problem uh, that Yarvi uh, has has solved is a problem I've endured. You know, I uh, traveled in that last month, and boy, you know, you got to put that gigantic charger in your uh, uh, in your bag, and it's it's annoying. So, so that conversation is coming up later. Uh, and if you were wondering, I did not fly to Israel to sit down and have this conversation. Um, we did it over the thing called the internet. So, yeah. So this podcast may sound a little little different. The reason is, is my wife is sitting um, at the kitchen table over here, which means I'll have a di- bit of a different tone. Maybe I won't be as honest. It'll just, just be different. That's all. It won't be right around. Do you want to say hi, Aaron? You probably didn't hear that because she said it very quietly, but she is in the room. She has decided to pivot, a career pivot. Um, So she's going to sit here next to me and and she's going to 100% focus on the podcast. She believes that the podcast is the most important thing to the stability of the Wenzel household. Um, She's smiling right now, but she's she's 100% right. This podcast is the most important thing that we're working on and she wants to participate more. She wants to um, do a podcast episode maybe every day. Maybe she could come on and do some advanced reporting. I don't know. We don't know. The world is wide open right now, but we are going to see where where it all takes us. So over the weekend, though, sitting at the old church gig, I get a lot of time to read. Not as much as I used to because they cut down some of the uh, service times, but I still get some time to read. But uh, I was, I'm knee-deep into uh, the book Rising Strong by Dr. A- Dr. Brené Brown. I recommend everybody check it out for many reasons. But great, great quote that I pulled out of it that I think truly reflects what a lot of people go through when it comes to crowdfunding and really sort of any entrepreneurship, uh, writers and artists and stuff. So let me read this quote here for you real quick. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read it best I can off of my Facebook post. So uh, here, here's the quote. I've rumbled with failure and shame enough over the past decade to know this. you can do everything right. You can cheer yourself on, have all the support you can find in place, and be 100% ready to go and still fail. It happens to writers, artists, entrepreneurs, health professionals, teachers, you name it. But if you can look back during your rumble and see that you didn't hold back, that you were all in, you will feel very different than someone who didn't fully show up. So I put that out because I thought that quote, um, from the book was just so spot on to so many project creators. And it's something that I try to prep my clients for Even if you bring me on to help you, right? Even if, and we do everything right. We work on it for a year. There still is a 20, 30% shot of failure. It happens. The public is a finicky thing. They might not like it. They might not like your product, but you know, there's sometimes there's just nothing that Anyone can do, you, an agency, or anything. So, this quote I thought really sums up a lot of the energy that is around me, my world. Um, and it, it is one thing, too, that something I tell my creators that even if you're coming off of a failed campaign that you know you worked your, your butt off of, number, a couple things happen. You get validation that the idea just isn't there, the public just doesn't want it. It allows you to move along. With 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 a bit more of a clear conscience, and and move on, maybe even quicker to the next thing. Um, I know when we shut down Groovebox. I mean, it did take me a little bit of time because I felt like the timing just wasn't right. But ultimately, looking at it, I think it was the right decision. You know, um, if you go back and you look at the Groovebox Studios business model, if you do, you know, everybody now has a video camera and is doing live in the studio. How are we ever going to really pivot and and be bigger than that idea? And scale was probably not. In, in, our, in our business model. It's something we talk about here at Woodshed. What does scale look like here? Well, it's challenging because so much of the work comes from, from three of us. And at some point you have to scale and give up. So, so with all that kind of said, I thought that quote really does a great job. So again, I definitely recommend reading that book if you are in the entrepreneur spirit. Um, it's just lots of great stuff in there and lots that you can take from it and equate to uh, starting your own company and what, what you're going through on that. So yeah, so that quote did it for me. had a good one but yeah so we had a big weekend uh kids spent uh, a bunch of time out at the out of the uh uncle todd's lake yeah not a real uncle but uncle todd's lake so the kids were nice and tired today but we shipped them off to school so they're uh they're hanging out there today and uh but yeah so big weekend big weekend we got a big week coming up too we've got a couple of big episodes that i'm not gonna spoil but two more episodes are gonna come out this week that are epic just epic conversations um, so I definitely hope you guys stay tuned the rest of the week. But, but till then, let's go ahead and kick my conversation with Yarvi. Let's go uh, talk about uh, power, charging, batteries, all that sort of stuff, technology, uh, what it's like living in Israel, uh, all that sort of stuff. We're going to dive into all of it. And uh, all right, let's kick to my conversation. All right, red lights on. That's uh, that's the pressure time. That's when you got to really be ready to go. So uh, so let's start off with a quick sound check. Uh, what'd you have for breakfast this morning?
1: Uh, a sound check.
0: No, you uh, had a sound check for a, breakfast. N- yeah. I don't know. <laughs> wow, you, you've been doing podcasts all day. They must have put you on like a, a media row. I think is what they call it, where you just knock them out back we to back to very, back.
1: We eat very weird things here in Israel, so.
0: Uh. Well, that's why. That's why I want to know. What is it? Yeah. Maybe I eat weird things. I mean, we're like no, half no, I vegan had, over here. I had
1: like yogurt and cereals and fruits and everything, so it was nice.
0: Yeah, that's well. That's what we fed. That's what uh we eat. A lot of yogurt and fruit in the morning here. I got a, the small kids. We we try to do a lot of the and not the sugar yogurt. The um you know like the, the whatever the crap yogurt that's out there. So.
1: Where are you located at?
0: I'm in Detroit. Ah, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah Detroit, Michigan. How about yourself?
1: Uh, next to Tel Aviv, just outside Tel Aviv. So I don't know if you know Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is a very cool place.
0: Yeah. I do not know it. I haven't been there. I mean, I know of it, but uh don't know much about it outside of some Anthony Bourdain, uh, you know, travel type of shows uh, that comes in through Netflix. So uh, that's what I know. All right, cool. I think we're all sounding good. We sounded good. Everything good for you? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, let's let's jump into the interview, man. So... Why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about what you are raising money for on Kickstarter right now?
1: Um, okay. So um, what we try to do is get people to uh, know more about Kato uh, and help us get the cool technology that we've developed out, uh, out on the market. Uh, we've already been to uh, CES in Las Vegas this year and MWC in Barcelona, which is the Mobile World Congress. And we had people quite enthusiastic about our technology, but uh, we wanted to check, first of all, if people are willing to, uh, to support us and to pay money for a for, for final product. So that's, that's, uh, that's one purpose.
0: Well, what, what is the technology? What's,
1: what, what is it? So, so Gato is basically a, a startup company that has developed a new way to transform power. So from, from your outlet, from your electrical outlet to your device, we managed to find a way to make uh, the transformers ultra-thin. When I say ultra-thin, I mean the transformer is as thin as... Uh, two credit cards stacked together. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So this this means that you know you can take any type of charger that you have today and basically flatten it down to something that goes into your wallet or something that is very very as thin as a pencil.
0: Wow. Yeah. That solves a lot of issues. I mean, it is in your video, but for our listeners who haven't seen the video yet, I mean, everybody has dealt with the. Um, the awkward scenario of having to move the couch to plug in your iPhone or, you know, uh, the big bulky thing that just doesn't make your desk look neat. You know, you just want to... It just should go right there to be plugged in, but it's sticking out, you know, quarter of an inch. So it uh, sounds like that's the problem you guys are really solving right now.
1: Yeah, and also, you know, I mean, everything is getting... All of our devices are getting real flat and real thin and really nicely designed. But the only thing that that, that is kept outside of the... Uh, of the, uh, I'd say that, the, uh, the, uh, the things that need to look cool, uh, are the chargers. And so you go around carrying big, bulky, annoying with dangling cables, uh, chargers. And then, then why, why shouldn't right. our chargers be as flat, thin and nicely designed as our devices? I mean, it's a bit That's cool. silly.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I just flew, I, I you know, uh um, just kind of rewatching the video, uh, before our interview, it just, that was stuck in my mind too. I flew not too long ago and I had, you know, a whole pocket filled of chargers, you know, yeah. big bulky chargers sticking out. Uh, so I, 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 saw that and I thought that was a smart, smart play in the video too, in terms of, and that's a problem that you're solving right there as well as the, you know, it's sticking out of your travel bag and, you know, that's exactly. cool. That's cool. So, where was the, You know, where is the starting point of this idea? You know, where where did you start? You know, sketching this on a cocktail napkin, going, hey, I think we should. I think we should work on this. Uh,
1: I think it was more of a beer coaster than a cocktail. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I think. Uh, well, this is this is our second startup. The first one we had uh, is called MobiGo. MobiGo is a single-use battery for charging your phone when when you run out of juice so it it gives you up to four hours of of talk time and uh, it's a small battery very nice very compact and when we started working with that uh, or during the work uh, we had on mobigo um, our engineers came up with this uh, with this uh, technology, and they said, "Listen, uh, we have we have this cool idea. We think it it might work. Let's uh, let's see where it takes us." So for us, it's kind of an of, of an evolution. You know, we stood, we uh, came from dealing with uh, single-use batteries to uh, wanting to change the way people charge, uh, or wanting to change the standards of how chargers are
0: today. Yeah, right, right. That's very cool. Very cool. So. So why the change in terms of, of companies' names? Is it the same people working on it? You've mentioned we a couple of times, so it's the same people of working on all this yeah, well, stuff. Or
1: uh, the the core team is the same is the same uh, is the same team, but uh, we've added uh, more people to, to our team. And Mobigo uh, Mobigo was sold, actually. To uh, oh. uh, yeah, it was there was a nice exit. Uh, we sold it to uh, to a US based company called Life Clips, and today you can get MobiGo in the U.S.
0: Oh, very cool. Very, very cool. So, uh, yeah, you, see, you mentioned where you're, where, you're, where you're at right now, right outside of Tel Aviv. What is the entrepreneur spirit like there um, for projects like you're working on?
1: Um, Tel Aviv in general, and, and basically Israel, uh, is a place that encourages entrepreneurship, uh, very, very much. So uh, when you read the newspaper you kind of get the feeling that everyone comes up with a new idea and everyone succeeds and, uh, and basically there's a whole vibe which has been going on for like 15 years or so about uh, technology, innovations, applications, mobile, uh, mainly in the fields of uh, software. But not uh, not just so. Uh, Ways, for example, I don't know if you use the the application uh, for the the GPS the. Uh, oh!
0: Oh! Yeah! Yeah! I, uh, yeah! I was thinking. I yeah. was thinking the audio plugins. There's audio plugins for uh, Waves. That's what I thought you said. I was like, no, no, "Wow, not, we're gonna talk waves. audio plugins for mixing." But no, no, God, I got you. I got you. I
1: got you. W a z. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. I got it.
1: Uh, that's an Israeli invention. So. Uh, oh,
0: interesting! Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I love that. That's that's my GPS app. That uh, that that's really? my go-to. I installed it on my mom's phone so she can figure out how to drive like ten miles away from us, but cannot.
1: And if you you're, uh, yeah, if, you're if you're it. if you're of uh, of a certain age, I don't know if you remember, but back in the days you had ICQ, which was uh, right, right. You remember that? Yeah, I remember that. The sound.: Yeah. yeah. So uh, ICQ is also an Israeli uh, as, uh, an Israeli software that was developed. So did not know that. Yeah. So uh, so that's a great fun a fact. Going let's, just, yes. <laughs> let's just
0: keep the fun facts going. <laughs> you know? Wow, okay. that's that's really great.
1: And also the um, the this the the USB the small USB um, discount keys we call them discount keys so it's the small USB dongles that you carry with you that are also something that was developed in Israel etc. So uh, and uh, and uh, cherry tomatoes okay but that's as far as I would go with, uh, giving you a crash course on uh, Israeli innovations. But that's
0: awesome. <laughs> That's that's cool. So, you know, so for you, what is it about? You know, it sounds like working in batteries and that technology that's drawn you to it.
1: Hmm. Um, It's not essentially working on batteries. It's essentially the uh, um, providing people with a sense of uh, being able to do things easier, uh, liberating themselves, liberating ourselves. From uh, from energy or from the constant need in being uh, connected to something, so yeah. we kind of live in a in a in a with the uh, with a with a sense that we can talk with anyone anytime anywhere, but then when our battery starts running low and our uh, Phone starts showing the, the red icon saying "Watch out, you're running out of juice." Uh, we get stressed, and eventually, we're very much dependent on energy all the time. That's what gets us powered. Yeah. So, I think Mobigo was uh, was a bit of a naive starting point, which was developed to uh, Kado today, which is something more advanced, which will be further developed into the. Uh, the solutions that we will find in the future, uh, if we're talking about uh, uh, over the over the air charging, if we're talking about uh, um, conducive energy, or if we're talking about other types of, you know, one minute chargers, etc., um, sure. they are all based on the same technology that exists today, which is big, bulky, and heavy. Mm-hmm. And what we managed to do is find a way of making those transformers much, much thinner. So you won't need to be, you won't need to carry a year from now or two years from now when you will have one minute chargers or two minute chargers, the, the whole heavy package that you would be charging using the technology today, but it will be much smaller, lighter and easier to carry around.
0: That's cool. So now, have you always, uh, always lived outside Tel Aviv or t- have, have you lived anywhere else?
1: Um, yeah, well, um, the, the cattle cream is, uh, is a bit from, from all over the place. Uh, um, me, myself, I lived uh, in Europe for several years and, uh, and some of our team members have lived in, um, uh, in the Ukraine. Um, others just traveled around the globe. So, uh, we kind of. Think uh, we have a more, uh, I'd say, a more global uh, vision of what the mobile charging needs are of people around. Right.
0: World. Right. So, how about for you? Like, like, what did your parents do uh, when you were growing up?
1: Oh, my parents work, uh, worked uh, uh, as diplomats, and so uh, I used to travel a bit with them. And that's how I got to know a bit uh, more of what is outside Israel.
0: Right, right. That's cool. That's very cool. Where, you know, where do you think that this um, love for working in tech and, you know, basically, you know, again, power, um, you know, powering people's lives, right? Where do you think that that sort of drive is coming into you? You know, that is it. That idea of changing everybody's desk, changing everybody's workflow. I mean, it, what is it? Do you think?
1: I don't know. I think it's basically the need for uh, for uh, energy to power everything we do in our daily lives. I mean, you mentioned before you have small kids. How old are they?
0: Uh, we got a six and a three-year-old over here running around.
1: Okay. So I guess that they're already starting to uh, uh, swipe and uh, push uh, buttons and everything, right? So, Plugged in. Right. And... Uh, and um, they will be growing up in a world that that consumes energy much more than than ours Mm -hmm. so uh i think it's something that uh you know you just kind of grow into you you see that it's something that that you have more outlets in your home you have more uh devices requiring energy so basically that uh, comes from there i think
0: yeah is there a like an influencer or a mentor that you have looked at or studied when it comes to like how you've set up your companies and you know even how you're running this Kickstarter. Is there anything that you look at as a like, as an influence?
1: Well, I think there are a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of uh, influences we have uh, around, mostly because uh, a large uh, part of our group has worked in different startups earlier on. And so, uh, there are a few, uh, names, a few big names that, that, that are well known here in Israel that won't mean anything, I guess, outside the, outside of Israel. But, uh, those are people who, uh, had huge successes and huge flops. And, uh, we kind of said to ourselves, okay, we want to do this right. And we want to do that, uh, in a way that will, you know, enable us to uh, refrain from making the mistakes that those guys did before.
0: Right, right. So uh, let's talk about mistakes for just a second, because I think it's a part of all the entrepreneur stories out there. When it comes to comes to this product, you know, was there any sort of major roadblock or hiccup or headache that that you can think of um, that either you had to that could let you do something or held you back at all? Was there any anything that pops into mind uh, around that? Well,
1: um, I think you need to separate that into two. Uh, into two sections. The first one is, okay. uh, is the product section, where you develop, when you develop a product, you're bound to have all kinds of difficulties. <clears throat> and, um, and you find ways to overcome them. So this is, the, the, this is something that, it, uh, that, that is uh, not very common, but I mean, this is something that, that happens once in a while. <clears throat> you, find, uh, you find an obstacle that you need to overcome, and uh, you put your brain power uh, together and, uh, and you find solutions. The second one is people either uh, believing or not believing in your products or, or, or basically believing or saying, well, that's a nice gadget. And that's the part where you have to, um, you have to be modest <clears throat> and say, well, on one hand, I really like my idea. On the other hand, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I should just I I should check myself, okay. I should check myself, and try to be as uh, as honest and uh, and sincere as possible. And if I find that I'm doing something wrong, then I need to correct myself.
0: Um, Do you think that that's a that like that what you're just describing there? Because I know exactly what you're talking about. But for some of my listeners out there, do you think that that's a trait that can be taught, or is that just something that that you just have to just humble yourself and you know be open about feedback and stuff like that? What do you, you,
1: think? Know, you 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 asked before about the mentors that we have. Well, one of the um, I wouldn't call him a mentor, but but one of the examples that I had is someone that was very successful, really, um, uh, an amazing entrepreneur. He could raise money out of uh, a dead bunch of cockroaches. I don't know. Uh, really, right. he's, he's really something like that. Right. And uh, and. I worked for him for a while and I noticed that he's starting to make a lot of mistakes and I wasn't the only one. Uh, we were quite a bunch and 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 when we 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 told him that we think that things are being done the wrong way he says when people tell you no that's when you know that you're on the right, that, that you're on the right path. And you know I think this guy really he's made it. he's he's, he's really a a, a a very impressive person but when I heard him Saying something like that, I, I said to myself, "Well, this is this is a stop sign. This is a big stop sign." Yeah. Because uh, that there's a lesson to be learned there. You shouldn't be blinded by your uh, by your uh, wish to succeed. You shouldn't um, you shouldn't lose your uh, uh, your honesty and your uh, you know your modesty. Yeah. Whatever whatever you do, no matter how much you succeed, if you're able to do that, I think it requires a certain type of personality to do mm-hmm. that. But if you're able to do that, you should.
0: Yeah, I, I think for scenarios like that, if you have a lot of success, I think it's challenging. I mean I think you see that even in like the sports world when you get to be like the superstar quarterback or soccer player or whatever it is to just almost just it just comes so natural or or you've had just a, a run of success that it's hard to look at and say, well, maybe I am wrong on this one, you know? It's like I, yeah. I was, you know, whatever it might be. So intriguing. So, you know, kind of the flip side to that question in terms of, you know, maybe roadblockers. How, how about like the moment that just everything seems to just gel together? You know, was there a moment that just you guys just really knew you had something? <clears throat>
1: um, we first unveiled Cado at, uh, at the CES in Vegas in January. And we were like, uh, okay, we'll get there. We'll set up our shop, and we'll see. Uh, people will right. probably come and say, okay, well, ah, uh, this is nice. You could have done this better. Why do you do that? You shouldn't have. And we were, we were amazed. We were absolutely like, you know, we 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 had to pinch ourselves. <laughs> I think. You know, we could count on 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 one hand the number of people who came and said, "App, ah, this is this is crap," you know, uh, and, and and this was really really amazing. We we said to ourselves, "Okay, we have something there." Now, what can we do from that point on? And we had uh, we had USA Today that said that it was one of the five. Things that made them say "Wow" in the whole show. We had Tom's Guide saying that this is amazing. We had um, Fox News covering our uh, our charger, and 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 we we were blown away,
0: literally. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's really great. So I was just thinking here. So is there any sort of like routines that you do personally that you think is helping? Uh, with, within your company, or even with inside this Kickstarter, is there anything that you do personally that, um, you know, whether it be a uh, meditation or something along those lines, that you think is helping your, your company right now?
1: Um, can you give me an example?
0: So I don't know, you read, you read something every night, you know, you, you, you shut off your phone at, you know, after 11, after nine o'clock, you know, um, I don't know, you, you're, you're always journaling. Is there anything that you like, like, like something like that, that, that you feel like, um, helps you be an entrepreneur?
1: Um, no, I can't think of anything special. No,
0: no, no, nothing yeah. special. All right. All right. We can move on from that. So, you know, when you're, when you're, Kind of coming together with this sort of project, um, you know it, was there any sort of like bulletin board you were looking at like, hey, our product needs to hit these five or six key points you know before we go to launch or you know or is that something like more maybe more in the in the design portion of it or anything along those lines uh, that you might be able to talk about
1: yeah it's not just I think it, uh, well of course there's a there's a large portion of it that's that's in the design you need to get to the to the right shape that you're uh, the the right the right form factor the right um the right solutions you know users will be willing to say this looks interesting i want I, i want to try that or this looks well thought of i'm willing to trust that and to put my money and back those guys yeah. Because I see that they've that they've been working about that. So yeah, mainly mainly on the on the product side, and I think you know um, we uh, we really don't try to to get ahead of ourselves. So we want to do things slowly but surely. We want to be uh, sincere again and and be very um, uh, modest and and, and honest uh with the answers and with, and with the difficulties that 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 we encounter and we try to uh, to when, when we contact our backers when we talk to them, when we respond to them, so you know we use that we use that same uh, that same spirit as a guideline yeah uh, People aren't dummies, they understand they want to be treated. Uh, uh, equally. And, and I mean, basically, we see ourselves as, as those guys, you know, we're backing projects uh, ourselves. And so we, we know how the other side, especially on Kickstarter, wants to be perceived mm-hmm. uh, as. So basically, I think it's, uh, it's, it's being respectful and, uh, and honest.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's a good transition. Let's actually move over to why we're talking, because, you know, you've got a a, a successful Kickstarter already under your belt with 30 days to go. So uh, you're, you're, you're trending up, right? So what, in terms of the Kickstarter, what was kind of the overall marketing strategy or, you know, that you wanted to, uh, or that you approached uh, before you launched the campaign?
1: Um, you know, if you see something that is, that is good, uh, that works well, that you would, by yourself, I think there's no shame in being uh, both uh, inspired by it and sometimes even uh, copy it. If you see someone um, placing a kind of a of a perk that is interesting, do that. Right. Other people might be interested as well. Uh, if you see. Um, I'll go down to the, to the nitty-gritty. If you see uh, specific angles that are interesting, mm-hmm. do that. If something uh, worked well when, when we were showcasing our product at CES, but, uh, but we see that people still have questions about that, um, um, let's, let's make kind of a best of breed, you know. Uh, let's learn from, from, from what works. Uh, for others, and let's learn from what has worked for us earlier on. So that was kind of the uh, um, the, the spirit with which we came into this project. We just looked at at a lot of projects. Uh, we we have guys. We're collaborating with guys who are really really um, um, knowledgeable of um, of Kickstarter campaign and crowdfunding campaigns. Mm-hmm. They assist us. They they manage this campaign um, uh, and, they, and, and they help us, okay? So they're basically part, part of our team. That's cool. Uh, we know how to create very, very thin chargers. We don't know how mm-hmm. to create uh, extremely, um, um, extremely interesting messages.
0: Right, right. So now is there anything, uh, for somebody who maybe is outside of the states, is there anything different you had to do to, you know, to market your campaign being from Israel or you know w- when you're kind of putting that out into the world, messaging wise, tone wise, brand wise? Because obviously, I'm assuming you are getting some U- U.S. backers, so maybe I- that's my first assumption that you're getting a few yeah. of those. Um, so, is there anything that you have to do to kind of prepare yourself, um, you-, you know, when you are an international client to try to get U.S. backers?
1: Um. Well, you need to say, uh, you need to be sure not to say uh, when to say cell phone and when to say uh, mobile phone. That's one thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. And um, you basically want someone who is a Native American in your team to create the content to have a better understanding of, um, of the American backers. Uh, because a lot of the activity on Kickstarter is really uh, based on U.S. packers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we do need someone who has that mentality.
0: And is that somebody that, that you openly went out to try to find? Or is that somebody that you just you had in-house and they just looked at everything? Or, or h- how did you approach that?
1: So as I mentioned, uh, we, we collaborated with, uh, with a very nice team that understands Kickstarter, they're uh, they're, uh, U.S., uh, originally from from the U.S., so nice opportunity to say hi to the guys over at uh, Tross. Uh, And we really appreciate the work that they're doing for us. That's cool.
0: You know, now this may be a stupid question, obviously, because you are, um, you know, you, you, you've already squashed your goal, but is there anything that, it, that, in hindsight, you're looking at that you might, that you should have done differently, or you wish you would have done differently?
1: Um, maybe, maybe just uh, set different, set different levels of expectations. I mean... Okay. You start off thinking, wanting to be that unicorn, you know, wanting to be that, uh, that uh, amazing discovery that right. hits the target within 12 hours and, you know, just blows away and, and, and everything. But uh, we kind of had a sort of, a you know, there's a, I call it the psychological one million mark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you want to make $1 million because, you know, it's like in the, like in the um, what's the name of the movie, the Austin Powers? <laughs> One, uh, $1 million. million dollars. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you, so you want to reach that $1 million, dollars, but once you're not there, you understand that you, you need to, to make a certain reality check.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And uh, I think that uh, if we would have uh, had, uh, if we would have been more focused maybe on setting our expectations correctly, um maybe from our own point of view um you know when we see a slow day that wouldn't have been that bad uh, it's not that we're uh, that we're crying all day long because we have uh, uh 10 or 20 less backers than the day before but basically it does give you a certain uh, question of wait wait what's going wrong
0: <laughs> yep yep you yep. know that right Uh, Oh, 100%. We call it the trough of despair. It's the middle of the campaign where, I mean, if you get one day without a backer, it's just, it feels like you should scrap the whole project. Like, you know what, guys, just throw it all away. Even though you might be at $100,000, whatever it might be, it's just, why didn't we get a backer today? I don't understand, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I mean, at this point, though, I mean, we'll go back to the positives because, I mean, you have over 1,100 backers right now, which is a ton of people just, you know, you know it's a that's a lot of backers how are you guys maintaining and managing communication is that something you guys set up um you, do you have a full-time person working on it to to answer you know the, the the comments and and you know sort of social media questions that might be out there how do you guys handle that much um you know that's a lot of, that's a big audience right now
1: yeah um <sighs> Yeah, I think you know um it's important for us to to be to keep in touch with uh with the backers to to read their feedbacks, to understand what it is that uh troubles them, the questions that they have um and also the the kind words that they're saying. So uh so we keep a very close track uh after the messages and everything. We don't always get to answer them as quickly as we'd like, but you know, we always we always answer. We never leave a question unanswered, and uh, and it's very important for us to know that you know there's a there's a, a part in the in the page that says uh, uh, back us with trust, and uh, we truly think that uh, we provide that element of trust. So this is something that we want to uh, keep providing by uh, by giving people the answers and the uh, and, and addressing them. As they would like to be addressed, we think.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So with thirty days to go and you know that that pressure to keep the momentum going, what sort of strategies are you guys st- thinking about implementing or starting to implement outside of talking to this podcast, which will have millions and millions of listeners outside of that strategy, what else is kind of what else are you guys floating around right now to keep the momentum going?
1: well, <clears throat> naturally we we have some updates uh, coming up. So this is something that we're uh, we're planning on uh, providing more informations uh, more information about the uh, the company and uh, and different uh, milestones that uh, that it reaches uh during those 30 days because we are at a, at a very uh, dynamic period of uh, of Cato. So 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 this is one thing um other than that um well we are trying to uh, bring in also people from around the world. People, people who don't get uh, into um, or, or, or people who are not backers um, originally. People for whom Kickstarter isn't something that is uh, that is a second nature. And so we're trying to get them to bring them in to uh, to see and to uh, and to back maybe an idea, not just back a product, not just back. Uh, technology, but to back something that might be useful for them uh, in their in their daily lives, so mm-hmm. we 're trying to broaden our target audience
0: gotcha, gotcha so you know in forty days campaign ends, that money starts to come in what 's the first steps that start to happen to uh, to get fulfillment going
1: um, Make sure we we stand by our obligations to our backers, so I mean, uh, first of all, make sure that all the addresses are right and that uh, you know everything is managed uh, correctly if there are uh, if there will be i don't know God forbid any delays, so just um, uh, you know um, communicate them. With uh, with openness and uh, and and apologies to our backers and everything, but hopefully the first the the first thing that we will do is just you know get the right address and um, and um, sending out a message saying hey your cargo charger is expected to be over in, uh, at your place by this and that date. Mm-hmm. So, I now, think you, this is the first thing.
0: Now, with, with I mean, just the amount of backers you have right now, and expecting that that possibly might double or triple, are you envisioning using a third-party system at all to handle, uh, to help with fulfillment?
1: I think so. I think that uh, when you look at the offering that you have today as a creator, uh, there are a lot of things that can really help out. Uh, as I mentioned, we know how to make ultra-thin chargers. We right. don't know how to make fulfillment for, uh, <laughs> to ship for, the world. for yeah. yeah.
0: Right, right. That's cool. So, where do you see Cado going in the next you know, two years, so w- what scale look like? Um, how do you guys keep up with technology changing? like like what where do you what's in the business plan? what what do you guys see scale at, and where do you guys see your yourself going?
1: So um, we have a couple of uh, products we're working on currently. Uh, one of them for uh, smaller devices. We are the only um, the only brand offering. Uh, ultra-thin charging or pocket chargers—some people call it pocket chargers—for uh, for small devices. Uh, you have a couple other companies that make uh, that make those for for laptops, for example. So we want to go and broaden our offering in that sector. This is one thing, uh, which means that Cado will be coupled—the wall charger will be coupled with a. Uh, mobile charging capabilities, so on. So you'll be able to charge it once it, once it's connected to the wall, but also when you're on the go. Mm. It's
2: interesting.
1: And yeah, and uh, and we're developing our second uh, our second segment, which is uh, laptop chargers. Uh, this is also a product that we've uh, unveiled back at CES. It's uh, it's a charger. It's a flat charger for uh, laptops. Which is up to 70 watts, so you can simultaneously charge your laptop and the second device, such as your phone. It's as thin as a pencil, and it's the first ever folding charger. So wow. imagine that you have something the size of your uh, of your mobile phone, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it just um, sort of folds in half to give you a charger that you can carry with you without breaking
0: your back. That's cool, man. That yeah. sounds like yeah, it's, it's some cool stuff that you're thinking about. Um, I love how you're thinking about trans, like portability, power. Um, how you guys are in the middle of that that sort of crossroads. There, how, how about for you personally? You know, where do you see yourself in the next ten years as an entrepreneur and and being a part of a second startup already? Where do you see yourself going?
1: Um, hopefully, I'll be able to uh, take part in a few other successful. Uh, um, startups, I think there's something very, uh, fun, very, um, um, you know, dynamic and that has a lot of, a lot of, tr- a lot of traction for me personally, uh, in, in, in startup companies. Um, so that would be one thing. And the second one would be probably uh, developing other things that I'm interested in. Um, I come originally from, from the field of marketing, so maybe developing something uh, in that line of business or branding, which is something that is quite uh, interesting to me. So, you know, something like that, taking the entrepreneurship uh, spirit and, and, and putting it to use in different, different categories.
0: That's awesome. Well, where can people outside of the Kickstarter kind of dive into your guys' world, find out more information? Where, where can they find out stuff on you, about you guys?
1: So uh, people can take a look at, uh, of course, on our website at uh, kado.tech. K-A-D-O T-E-C-H. So that's one place. And um, people can also browse a bit uh, um, um, articles that were made uh, about Cado, we had uh, we had some in TechCrunch, in Digital Trends, which also uh, gave us a, a very nice award, which we cherish and we're very uh, honored to receive. Uh, and also on Mashable, Tom's Guide. So just uh, look for Cado Charger um, um, in your favorite review and in, in your favorite publication, and we hope that you'll be able to find it.
0: Awesome. You know, you, you've you've talked about press a little bit here uh, a couple times now. How, how did you guys use a firm at all? Or how, how did the press come? Was it just all through the C, um, CES that you went yeah. to? Or is it something that you were just constantly outreaching, trying to get to?
1: So um, we, we turned to, uh, to PR uh, professionals. Um, but we found that, and, and they were helpful in, in a way, but we found that there is no, uh, alternative to when you're in a in a convention such as CES or the NWC and you see a guy walking around with a camera, just or, or a microphone, just you know, just 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 blitz him and, and right. say, "Hey, listen, you have to come over and see my, my amazing uh, charger and everything." So we kind of developed a, a pitch for uh, and, uh, you know, picking people who we think are from, the, are from the media and getting them over to our booth. Eventually, I think that uh, most of them were interested, most of, most of them were, uh, were, were, uh, uh, were willing to hear what we had to say, and were very positive and, and enthusiastic about us. So, you know, that was, that was cool. That's and great. we also did, We also participated in this. I think is a, is is a tip that I can maybe give. We also participated in um, uh, press-only events that were before the CES and the MWC, and we found that the exposure that we got there was, you know,
0: unprecedented. Wow, that's that is a great tip. I I, I didn't even think about that. That's that's a that's a that's a really strong idea. Yeah, very strong. Well, I think we did. I think we put together a really good podcast episode. What, how, do you, how are you feeling? Are you feeling good?
1: Uh, yeah, I feel excellent. All right, all right. Uh, I don't know if it's a drink I had while we were talking or... Uh, no, I'm kidding. I think, uh, yeah, it was cool. Nice atmosphere, nice chat, Great. and a nice opportunity for me to reflect a bit uh, on, on what we did so far and what is still ahead of us.
0: That's awesome. Well, I'm going to tell my listeners out there that I think you guys are solving a major issue around power and portability. I mean, you guys are right at that crossroads. And I, I, I would suggest everybody go out and follow you guys because I think what it sounds like from this episode, you've got um, really cool products coming down the, the pipeline outside of this as well. So. Um, um, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're in the middle of a campaign, so I know it's busy busy time right now, but uh, I think my listeners are really going to dig the cado and, and uh, go out and, and support and, and back this project because really cool things you're working on. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much.
1: Excellent, Jeff. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you all the Nestlers and, and, of course, all of our backers.
0: All right. How about that conversation? I told you it was a good one, man. We talked about a lot of great stuff there. I mean, it's uh, it's intriguing what it's like uh, working in the entrepreneurs here, uh, entrepreneur world in another country. Uh, sounds like they got a lot of support there and a lot of stuff going for them. So, Garvey, thanks again for taking the time out of your day to talk to me. The song we'll listen to is a song called Reality Killed My Dreams. The wife actually picked this song out for her play, for 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 her choice, so uh, we're not going to read too much into that. But it's dark and depressing. This is this is a song that is not a happy song. Um, I think I've talked about it before. It was about one of our singers out of Chicago writing about um, one of her students being gunned down in Chicago. So it was a very emotional emotional moment that we sat down and wrote this song. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And like I said, we're going to be talking uh, a couple more times this week because we got some uh, some other big episodes coming out. So stay tuned. And I hope you guys have a good last couple of days Let talk to y'all later. Pro
2: this war Have you ever walked over the blood of your brother And those who you pay to serve and protect they beach that. To free their children from a permanent psychological death, then nothing shall be more redemptive. We shall overcome it. Before the victory won, some would be misunderstood and called bad names and dismissed as rabble-rousers and agitators. But we shall overcome And I'll tell you why. When I was a child, I was saying too many things. When i got old reality, kill my dreams Overstand the game we play Understand the price we pay The poor are getting poor And the rich have seen them gone away With drugs come poverty and neglect And in my hood Ain't nobody there to serve and protect So there's war Have you ever walked over the blood of your brother? And those who you pay to serve and protect, they beat you now.